Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. He didn't say trot, skip, jump, or hula hoop. He says they shall run and not grow weary. They shall. Those are definitive statements. Because when the young girls faint, the weary gets to be multiple numbers of people. It's only those people who are stuck with the word of God that's still standing in the midst of it all. So you have to decide. You have to decide. You have to decide. This is the promise God gave me. Think about the promise he gave you. The promise he gave you is not the same as the promise he gave somebody else, but it'll get us to the same location. It'll get us there. The next part of this verse says, for it's God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. There's a New Living Translation version, and I'll break it down to you. Everything that God has promised, he gave you an installment on that promise by giving you the Holy Spirit. Remember, we're talking about waiting on the promise of the Holy Ghost. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to celebrate Pentecost. The Holy Ghost didn't come just to make people speak in tongues. He says he will bear witness of me. He will be the witness that what I said is true and what I said is coming to pass. He's the intermediary between the fact that Jesus is coming again. We have the Holy Ghost to know for certain that Jesus is coming again. And until then, you got the bonus of the Holy Ghost. And that's something. Think for a moment about what this really says. He says it's God who enables us to stand firm in Christ. He's commissioned us. But we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. That's short of swearing. I mean, no, we don't swear. But he say, I, I declare for God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you as God is my witness that this is the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. He says, I didn't want to come back and get you told based on what I heard after I left. I didn't want to come back to tell you off based on what I heard after I left because you was all fine and dandy when I was there on my way to Macedonia. But while I'm here in Macedonia, I'm hearing some strange things and these strange things don't line up with the promises of God. So don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also. You said it, I didn't. Okay, so the reason I didn't return was to spare you from rebuke, but that, God, but that does not mean we want to dominate you um, by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy, for it is by your own faith that you stand firm. I really like this translation. It's not somebody else's responsibility to tell you what God said. Now that you've accepted God and his promises, I mean, if you've accepted Christ, then you've got the promise of eternal life. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you have not only the Holy Spirit present to help you along the way, but you have also the promise that you will spend eternity with God, and eternity starts now. 
And he says that it is not anyone else's responsibility. He said, it is by your own faith that you're able to stand firm, which means if we're not standing, it's not because the church didn't do what it was supposed to do. If we're not standing, it's not because the preacher didn't say what I needed to hear. If we're not standing, it's not because the people didn't treat me right. They knew I was hurting and they should have hugged me more. Talked to a lady once and her son was clowning. And I just went straight to the son. Actually, Sister Lachey did. And she said, what is wrong with you? Why are you acting? I said, I guess I just need more hugs. God has endless hugs. You can get a hug from God at any time. God even hugs thugs, okay? God loves you, loves all of us. I understand that. But that's not what gets us to the place. We, we get to that place by standing firm on what we've committed to. Do you confess the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes. Have you accepted him to live in your heart? Yes. Have you repented from your sin? Yes. So the Bible says with the heart we believe in the righteousness, but out of the mouth confession is made of the salvation. If you say you're sick, guess what you're going to be? You say you're crazy, guess what you're going to be? More crazy. Because it's crazy for somebody to say, I'm crazy. In fact, most people who suffer from crazy, if there is such a diagnosis, won't admit to being crazy. But if somebody admits to being crazy, <laughs> you start backing away from that. When somebody tells you that they love God and they don't do the things that God says, that's crazy. When somebody says they love you and then they pop you upside your head, that's crazy. When somebody says that they are dedicated to the things of God, but they infiltrate their physical bodies with every damnable thing that will destroy them, that's crazy. Say, but I can't help it. That's even crazier. Because the word of God just says that it is by your own faith that you are able to stand firm. So if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. If you believe somebody else is supposed to do it for you, you probably won't. Because the word of God is true. So promise. Let's look at it by definition. It is the assurance that one will definitely do, give or arrange something, undertake or declare that something will happen. It can also be said that a promise is good grounds for expecting that something's going to happen. If God made a promise, you can bank on it. If God said it's going to come to pass, make it happen because God says it's going to happen. You got to line yourself up. You got to line yourself up. And don't, don't, don't be weird about this, though. Don't be weird because if I stood in front of you today and say, you know, I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm going to be in the NBA. Yup, I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm going to be. I always wanted to be in the NBA. I told you I was 6'3 inside. I want to be in the NBA. I can't tell you the last time I touched the basketball. I don't, I don't hate basketball. I just would be ridiculous to make a statement about something that I'm not giving myself to and say that God said he was going, it was going to happen. If I said that, we, we talk about, let's make it really, really, really real. We said that we were going to pay this mortgage off. If we're not giving any money, the mortgage is not going to get paid off. It's just not going to happen. You say, well, that's not my problem. That's not, that's not, I don't have anything to do with that. You eating at the table? Yeah. I think about the fact that when somebody makes a promise today, in today's time, there's this gray space of whether or not they're going to make good on it. Oh, I understand. No problem. It's, I understand. Whereas from a biblical perspective, if you make the promise, then you commit to the promise and you keep it. Period. Because it would be better for us to not have made an oath than to make the oath and to break it. Stop and think about it. It'd be better for us to not even be committed. Here's another scripture. Hebrews 6 and 18. What does that say? Those of us who have taken refuge also have a responsibility or encouragement 
to take a hold of hope. Because immutably, a resounding truth, God cannot lie. He won't lie. It takes us back to that very scripture that we read at the very beginning. God is not a man that he would lie, nor the son of man that he would change his mind or repent. As we close this message, I want to ask a couple of questions just, just to give a sense of reality to this message. If God has made some promises for my life and they haven't come to pass in my life, did God change his mind? Did God lie? Is he the kind of father that disappoints us? So I can't attribute it to God. I have to go back and check the promise, make sure it was God. And then I have to check my part of the promise. What part do I play in the promise being fulfilled? Hmm. I've got some clothes. I was cleaning out the closet. I've got some shirts with tags on them. And I promise I'm going to fit that shirt one day. <laughs> Let's get it. That's a coach, of course. I, I promise, you know, when I, when I saw the shirt, it was just, just one size too small, and I was going to work my, my way into that shirt. Elder gave me a sweater a few years ago. It was an extra large, and I said, this is too big for me. I wore that sweater the other day. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it, I was like, why they give me this sweater? It was so big. Not no more. <laughs> So I didn't make good on my promise. In fact, I was going in the opposite direction of my promise. What do you have hanging up in your closet of potential that you wish one day, possibly, I think I might, I think I will, I hope so, God help me, and I'm not doing anything toward that promise? I was so offended by the number of clothing items that I have. I have a suit from from Paris, France, that I can't fit. I'm taking bids on it. No. But I promised I was going to be able to fit it. You know, I thought about you. I thought about you. But you tall. You, you real tall, you know. Now think about, think about, think about, and that's just clothes. That's just material stuff. What about your potential? What, what about the degree that's waiting? What about the book that's not published? What about the movie that hasn't been scored? What about the song that haven't been written or sang yet? What, what about the meal that you were going to prepare to minister to somebody who was in need? What about the visit to a nursing home or an orphanage or someplace? What about the ministry that was international that you have kept inside of you? God makes good on his promises. What has he promised you? And I'm not just talking about good stuff and gravy. What promises have you made? and included God in. First thing that comes to mind is marriage. I mean, that's the promise that we make before God and witnesses. We make a commitment, we make a vow. And if God sanctioned it, it's still yea and amen. If he didn't sanction it, you was on your own from the beginning. But how would I know? We should have knew before we got there. We should have known long before God God's promises are not even retroactive. They're current, they're present. They're right here, right now. So in whatever situation that you're in, God is able, that's a promise, 
to do exceeding abundant above all that we can even ask or think by the power that works inside of us. There it goes again, back to us. It goes back to us. God's promises are fulfilled through us. God fulfills his promises through his people. He said, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He didn't go out and find some nations of people and say, all right, Abraham, adopt up. He didn't say that. He says, out of your loins is going to come nations. And Abraham was like, okay, great, okay, great. And then his wife, Sarah and Agar, decided that they were going to help the process, and they had Ishmael. And God's like, that wasn't my promise. But I did promise you that all of your seed was going to be blessed. So Ishmael is going to be blessed, but I got a promise that's on the inside of you. Please listen to me. And at almost 100 years old, Sarah was like, <laughs> not me. And God said, why are you laughing? I ain't laugh. Yes, you did. You laughed and lied. Now you got two strikes against you. But it didn't stop the promise. Because guess what? Isaac came along, right? And Isaac came along. And after Isaac, then Isaac had Jacob. I love these kids. Jacob. And then what else? And Jacob had how many? Twelve. And those twelve populated. In fact, they populated Egypt to the point where it was a problem. But we had to get Moses here, right? The deliverer, who was a promise. And then Moses, of course, had to endure. I mean, his mom put him in a basket. Like, it was like a lunch, it was like a picnic basket for an alligator. But the alligators lost their appetite every time Moses flew by because there was a promise in that basket. There was a promise in that basket. And, and, and when Pharaoh's daughter got a hold to him, it was like, oh, okay. And then Moses got a chance to be nursed by his own mom. His sisters took care of him. I mean, it's just crazy how God will do whatever is necessary to get the promise that's in you out of you. And Moses says, if I have to die doing it, I'm getting them to the promised land. And he got them to the promised land. What they did when they went in was a different story, but God kept his promise. You've been listening to Touched by Grace, an outreach of grace for the nation's church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nations Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, we believe there is hope. 